Hi, we're Rachel Rollinson and Sarah Susab. Welcome to Stepping Forward Podcast, where we talk about all things step parenting, including divorce, custody, finances, anxiety, kids, <laughs> exes, and more. The full laundry list. Uh-huh. There's so many things when step parenting you think about that it just, we couldn't go over it. That would be a whole episode. <laughs> I mean, laundry being one of the things on the list. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Uh. All right. So today we are going to be talking about abuse and some of the different kinds of abuse and the signs of those. So this is your trigger warning. If you are not comfortable with this, if just hearing that this is what we're going to talk about is triggering to you, it's probably a good opportunity to contact a therapist and start going to therapy. Um, and can I interject really quick? Yes. And also just recognize where you need to take care of yourself. And if this is an episode that you're like, I can't listen to that one right now. Don't worry about it. That's We're okay not offended. Too. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to be offended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is important to bring awareness to the different types of abuse. Mm-hmm. I think that in society, we tend to be more aware of physical abuse and sexual abuse. Uh-huh. Uh, There are other types of abuse that we don't recognize as much, either because they're so prevalent or because they're easily hidden. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. And the things that we talk about in terms of physical and sexual abuse are really obvious, Mm -hmm. Um, where emotional abuse isn't as obvious. You can't like quantify if somebody says this to you, you know, it's definitely emotional abuse. Right. Or that this is like spiritual abuse or um mm-hmm. what's the other one sorry financial financial thank you yeah <laughs> yeah there are lots of things that ways that abuse or neglect can happen um in a situation absolutely and uh in some ways having blended families makes us more susceptible to that mm-hmm. because there are so many different working parts of the family yeah so Um, physical abuse, I think a lot of us can see the signs of this, um, to an extent Mm -hmm. more easily. There are people who are good at hiding it. Yeah, that's true. There are. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to discount that at all. Um, but if you're seeing someone with bruises or if you yourself are getting bruised Mm -hmm. by your significant other, Uh, or another person, that's abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, If someone is hitting you, pinching you, slapping you, pushing you, that's abuse. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to be aware of those things. There is a cycle of abuse to kind of overarch things. And usually in any kind of abuse, there are good things about that relationship that you're in with a person who is abusive. Mm-hmm. That's why you stay. If there wasn't anything good, you'd be like, hey, I'm going to leave. Right. But there, in the cycle of abuse, there are times that are good. And people kind of start to think that if I, um, if I can do good or if I can be good enough, they'll stop hitting me. They'll stop hurting me or they'll stop, you know, whatever kind of abuse that they're doing. So just keep that in mind for the framework as we talk about this, that Um, in many abusive situations, there are things that are happening that the person is like, I love this 
person I love my partner or mm-hmm. that they did love them at one time. And that's the reason that that was happening. Right. Um, one of the signs, some of the signs can be if someone frequently covers up parts of like their arms when it's warm outside. Can I interject? Yes. That can also be a sign of cutting. Yes, that absolutely can. Yeah. Which I deal a lot with, with for teenagers. Right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yep. No, you're fine. Covering up the arms can be a huge, a huge sign. Cause you're not sure. Or like wearing dark sunglasses everywhere you go can also be a sign of physical abuse. Right. Yeah, it definitely can. Um, there are a lot of signs of abuse. And if you kind of Google them, you can look uh, broken glasses, um, a report of abuse, welts, lacerations. There's lots of different things mm-hmm. that can happen. I think it's really important to think about um, how we talked about mental health, mental health in our last episode. <laughs> that was hard to say for some reason. We talked about mental health in our last episode. And in populations where there are parents are divorced or there are co-parenting situations, there tend to be higher incidences of mental health problems. And I don't know if that's because um, like the divorce caused the mental health or the mental health caused the divorce. And then the like next, the following problems that happen in a situation. Mm -hmm. But in terms of co-parenting, it's a really important to recognize what, when abuse is happening and also, um, kind of have some things that you can do for it and recognize what your boundary is around that. Mm-hmm. And I tend to be, this is my weird thing, Kay, I tend to be somewhat insecure, but also really like stand up for myself. Uh-huh. Like if my husband knows if he ever hit me, I would leave or mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's my boundary. I'm like, I don't put up with that and it's not going to happen. So even though I can um, like not make decisions super easily and <laughs> sometimes I'll be like, whatever, but there are things that are easy. So in terms of step parenting and mental health, abuse can happen a lot. If um, mm-hmm. it can happen to your partner that was currently, or sorry, formerly in a relationship with this person. And um, it can happen to your kids uh, that are your stepkids or your biological kids, depending on how things are. So it's important to know what the signs are. It's important to know, what to do about it. And also just to be aware of as you work in with this family. So coming into my step family, for example, or my family that my stepkids, um, <laughs> my oldest and my youngest stepdaughter have anxiety, mm-hmm. but when they were really little, they had a ton of anxiety. And my oldest stepdaughter remembered when her parents split up for the first several years, mm-hmm. how traumatic that was and how angry they were with each other and how much fighting there was. And so for her, it wasn't necessarily a situation of abuse, but more like people really not being able to handle their stuff at that Mm -hmm. time. And I think both my husband and his ex have grown up and matured a lot and would deal with things differently. Um, But I think in that moment where you're really emotionally involved and attached, it can be hard to take a step back and be like, hey, what's the best thing right now? Right. So kids might come out of a situation with trauma. Your partner might come out of a situation with trauma and they might have been abused in different ways that we wanted to talk about. So you can be aware of them and think about how you want to approach a situation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, And a lot of the way we're looking at this today is, you know, with your spouse. So abuse situations 
that have happened to your spouse or that you might currently be in or experienced previously. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing I know, I don't think we need to talk a lot about sexual abuse, mm-hmm. but in a marriage or a committed relationship, it can look very different than what people think of off the bat as sexual abuse. So things like demanding sex Mm -hmm. or things like withholding sex, especially as some kind of punishment or consequence. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like not respecting boundaries of what the other person is or is not willing to do. Yeah, and is comfortable with. Right. Mm-hmm. Can be a huge one. Right. It can happen. It can happen with adults and it can happen in relationships. And mm-hmm. I think for me, consent is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an analogy that went around a while ago where if you're talking about sexual relationships like a cup of tea, just because you your partner said, hey, do you want some tea before and you wanted it, doesn't mean that you're always going to want tea. And it doesn't mean that they have the right to just bring you the tea and say, hey, here, you're going to have some tea. And you um, have to drink it. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about consent. If you're not feeling consensual for whatever reason, um, and your partner can't demand that of you if you're, but on the same token, like it is a healthy part of an adult relationship. So, um, withholding it, like Rachel just talked about, isn't a good option either. Right. And that is something that my husband and I have actually talked quite a bit about because in his previous relationship, sex is something that was withheld from him as a punishment, Mm -hmm. sometimes for reasons he didn't even know. Yeah. And even when he did know the reason, it was like, okay, what do I, how do I even deal with this? Right. So, um, and I know this is, this can be very taboo to talk about. Uh, And if you and your partner have struggles with things like this, Um, couples therapy is a great way to address that Mm -hmm. Um, and see if it's something that can be changed and addressed. Some people do things that are somewhat abusive without even realizing it just because they're inexperienced or uneducated in certain ways. Um, And abuse isn't always done maliciously, which is difficult to even say. That's interesting. But... Uh, people need to be self-aware. People need to learn these things. So, and be willing and open to learning and changing. Mm -hmm. If they're not, then that is really, truly a problem. Yeah. I think there's a lot of red flags in relationships and in marriages when it comes to abuse. It might be something that maybe um, you grew up with. And so you feel like, oh, that's normal, you know, for somebody to treat me this way when really mm-hmm. it's not, it's emotionally abusive or manipulative. Mm-hmm. And it's important to be aware of those things and what, um, what triggers and what pre-existing things you might have that maybe aren't the most healthy for you. Right. Um, another form of abuse to look out for is verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. So if someone is calling you names or shaming you, Mm-hmm. that's verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as another example, uh, <clears throat> recently in co-parenting coordination, my husband's ex-wife called him fat and lazy. Wow. Yeah. And this is something that was said to him 
often during their marriage. Um, And it it smiled compared to some of the other things that were said to him. And I don't think I realized the extent of things, especially when I had first started dating my husband. Um, Mm -hmm. But things like that are are very hurtful and damaging to other people. Extremely, yeah. And my, you know, when I first started dating my husband and when we got married, he would thank me for the strangest things, right? (laughs) Right. Oh, well, thanks for, you know, not getting upset about blah, blah, blah. Thanks for not yelling at me. Thanks for not, you know, he he would thank me for not doing things. Uh I'm like... What is happening what? here? Right. Right. So uh, those are some signs that your your previous partner or that your partner has been abused by their yeah. previous um, partner. And um, I think when you learn those things, like in the context later on, you're like, oh, it totally makes sense why they would say that. But it seems so out of the ordinary. Right. Like, at first. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so and then that ties right Oops. right in. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, that ties right into emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. So someone, if someone is constantly telling you negative things about yourself, you start to believe it. Yeah. You're, you get really emotionally downtrodden. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is another thing that a lot of parents and step parents do in, in a blended family situation that I don't think we realize is manipulative mm-hmm. is saying things like, Oh, I miss you so much. Yeah. Or I'm just so sad when you're gone. I'm just lonely all the time. Mm-hmm. It's so bad for the kids to say that stuff. Yeah. It, that is really hard on the kids. They, they hear that and they're like, oh, okay, I need to go to the other house. I right. need to spend more time with that parent. I'm hurting them by not being with them. Yeah. Kids take that very seriously. Yeah. And that's something that we, in our house, we try really hard not to do. You know, if we, if they're at the other house and we're talking or texting with them, we're like, okay, have so much fun doing, uh-huh. you know, whatever activity it is that they're doing. Yeah. Um, if they've been gone for a long time and then they come back, we'll say, Oh, I missed you, but I hope you had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I hope you really learned a lot on your trip. I hope you got really good quality time with your, you know, grandparents or cousins or, uh-huh. you know, like you can easily flip that to be a positive thing. Definitely. I think that's super healthy and something that a lot of parents don't think about. Yeah. We're not always good at dealing with stuff. And you do miss stuff. their, you miss your kids when they're gone, yeah. biological or step. Yeah. That <laughs> totally, completely normal to miss them. Uh-huh. Just remember you're the adult and you don't have to make them feel guilty about it because yeah. that's somewhat emotionally abusive It is to the kids. I think it's been really interesting. So my, um, I've talked before about this. My stepdaughter's mom has been remarried for, I think, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost 11. And their, my stepdaughter's stepdad has been really, in a lot of ways, emotionally abusive to them. Okay. There have been times when they've come up to our house crying because like he's, he tells them that they deserve to be treated like crap oh. and he swears at the kids all the time. And it's just, it's been a really rough time for them. Um, it also 
for me has been interesting, and we've talked about this before, how as step-parents, we don't always have a lot of control mm-hmm. over what happens. Um, we haven't had control over that situation. And so what I've tried to teach my stepdaughters is that when people do stuff about that, that's about them, mm-hmm. not about you. Oh, or yeah. When you say stuff like that, that that's not your problem. That's their problem. And they're projecting it onto you mm-hmm. or making it you because they don't know how to deal with it themselves. Um, and that's something like you would have to tell older kids But I think my stepdaughters have been able in a lot of ways to disengage from that and not let it affect them as much because they know, hey, he really has a lot of issues and it's not a healthy thing and I'm not doing anything wrong and I don't deserve to have a bad life or be treated like crap. I deserve to be treated well and to be loved and respected. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing that we've struggled with is uh, that... Some of the behaviors that are that my husband endured, right? Some of the abuse he endured have been coming to our house as behaviors from the step my stepkids, right? So interesting. So, for example, uh, my husband had my nine year old stepdaughter. Um, he had picked her up after school, and our other stepdaughter was at rehearsal. I was at work, so it was it was my husband, nine year old stepdaughter, two year old son. And, uh, he was like, Oh, well, you know what? I feel like getting ice cream today. So let's go and get ice cream. And they went to an Arctic circle and, um, my husband told my stepdaughter, you know, go ahead and order. And instead of ordering ice cream, she was like, I'm really hungry. So I'm going to get a kid's meal. Uh Uh-huh. And so she ordered a kid's meal and he ordered his ice cream and he shared it with our son and they're sitting there eating. And um, we ended up having uh, an issue, I think, with my car or something. And they had to come. I texted my husband. He had to come and get me. Uh-huh. And so uh, he said, OK, well, we ha- we need to go get mom and then we need to go get, you know, our other my other daughter. And um uh, our nine-year-old stepdaughter started throwing a huge fit. Uh-huh. I didn't get ice cream. You said we were getting ice cream. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he said, well, yeah, we were, we were getting ice cream, but you ordered a kid's meal. Right. So like, you should be good to go. Let's go. You uh-huh. know, like she had finished eating. She was uh-huh. fine, you know, and she just started throwing this all out fit, like screaming fit yeah. in the restaurant. And then she said to him, I hope you're happy now. I didn't get ice cream because of you. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And that's a that's thing. Projection right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's something that happened a lot in his previous relationship. And that was very triggering to him. Uh-huh. He kept his cool, uh-huh. yeah. he, you know, but later at home when he was telling me about it, um, it, it brought tears to his eyes. Yeah. And it's painful for him to be treated this way. Yeah. You know, and that's not the first time it's happened. It's Mm -hmm. not the last time it's going to happen. You know, we have our stepdaughters in therapy. These are things we've brought up with different therapists and stuff. And it's, it's hard because we want them to have healthy relationships now and in the future. We don't want them to have those behaviors, you know? I think that's so interesting. 
it's tough. Yeah, it is. One of my teachers was talking to me about this the other day with her son, just as like a vent, not a therapy type session, <laughs> but he's a little bit older and he doesn't take accountability for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times that behavior can be inherited and a lot of times it's modeled. Mm-hmm. So it can do both. Um, mm-hmm. Some behaviors can be like projection and blaming other people for all our own stuff. Um, it can be taught to kids by watching one of their biological parents do it, or yeah. it can be something that they just inherit, which is not at all fun. And it's hard to hear those same things that were used as attacks or insults against um, your spouse or partner in their first marriage or against you in your first marriage uh-huh. and relationship um, be coming out of your kid's mouth. It's hurtful. It is incredibly hurtful. Um, yeah, it's really tough. And there are a lot of other behaviors um, as well that can go along with these forms of abuse that people don't often think of as being abusive, but they are, and they're often precursors to more serious abuse. So things like slamming doors, slamming cupboards, slamming drawers, mm-hmm. throwing things, breaking things, um, Hitting objects, especially when they're in close proximity to you as a person. Um, And these are all things that my husband endured in in addition to some other things. But I mean, if I made any sudden movements when we first got married, he flinched. Uh And I'm like, I will never hit you. Yeah. I will never. You know, I understand why you're flinching. I understand why you're scared. Right. But it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I mean, everybody occasionally slams something Uh when you're frustrated. Okay. If it's happening a lot, Mm -hmm. if it's happening aggressively, if things are breaking because of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. These are emotional and borderline physical abuse. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. If they're breaking things that belong to you, especially mm-hmm. things they know you love. They're meaningful to you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Your favorite dishes. Yeah. You know, your jewelry, your souvenirs. Right. And in terms of mental health, I think it's really important to recognize these signs and encourage that person who's struggling to go get some help for mm-hmm. it. Um, if they're not willing to, that's another issue. But to try to, like with your husband, to try to get into therapy for the chance that he might have PTSD from his first marriage. Right. Well, abuse. and he, and, um, you know, he is, we've been both I know consistently you guys doing yeah. therapy, right? <laughs> no, I know you so, and, and he's, general. you know, he hadn't had the opportunity to go to therapy or really any sort of medical care for quite a while Yeah, when we got married. So that was one of the first things we made sure happened for which him. Which kind of ties into that financial abuse yeah. too, huh? which is the next thing we're going to talk about that um, if one person's controlling all the money and saying like, we don't have enough for you to go to the doctor, you can't get your basic needs taken care of. Oh, yeah. But we can go to Disneyland every yes. month. Yep. Totally more important than your medical needs. Not so <laughs> Yeah. That's, or, or, you know, I'm going to buy these new clothes because I need them for work, but you have to go shop at the thrift store because you're too fat. Yeah. And so it's not worth buying you new clothes. Which is super mentally discouraging. And it ties into that cycle of abuse we talked about at the start that that's how people kind of pick apart their abusees. Is that a word? 
It is now. now. Okay. (laughs) The people that they're abusing, that's how they kind of tear them apart, rip their like self-esteem down Mm -hmm. Um, just by those little things that they're saying all the time. And maybe over time you start to believe it because you're really close to that person and they should love you the most and support you the most. And if that person is saying these things about you, maybe they're true and they're not and don't think that, but yeah, um, that's how people kind of start the cycle of abuse. Right. They'll start with those little jabs Uh and then they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes. And more aggressive. Yeah. And so these are things to definitely watch out for. And if you or your partner are displaying any signs of being abused or abusing, please get help. Yep. See a therapist. Okay. We've talked before about how we don't think divorce is the first answer to everything. If there is ongoing abuse, you've tried to get help. The person that is abusing is not willing to get help or make improvements. That is the time that divorce becomes an option. Yeah. Um, know what to say. In terms of accessing mental health help in your community, there's always somewhere that can help. Like I know a lot of, um, in Utah they have, you can dial 211 for the, is it United Way? I can't remember right now. Right. And they have tons and tons and tons of resources. There are therapists who have sliding scales. Um, so if you don't have a lot of extra money that you can devote towards therapy, um, because it can be expensive sometimes, or maybe you don't have insurance that covers it, then you can find a therapist that has a sliding scale. Um, There's a domestic violence hotline that you can call 24-7. The phone number is 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. You can also text them. Um, In Utah, one thing that's really cool, and this is sort of more for kids, but it's called the Safe UT app. Do you guys have that at your school? I know we have it. Okay. I don't think I've used it personally, but I think I downloaded it. Okay. So if you or know of somebody or if you um, like have kids that you feel like might need to make a report of abuse or cyberbullying or anything like that, then you can use that app called Safe UT and the... Um, it can be for kids like in the schools, their school counselor or school psychologist can meet with them to find out what's happening and get Mm -hmm. a little bit more information on that. So just be aware there are resources available. And if somebody is being abusive towards you, then you're not in the wrong. You're not doing something to cause it. It's not your fault. And there is help. Absolutely. I, and we're not, we're never saying any of these things because we want anybody to feel badly or singled out or anything. We want you to feel supported. We want you to know that there are resources available and that, you know, you're not alone. You're not alone. These resources exist because there are people going through this. Exactly. So please reach out for help. Please go to therapy, reach out to someone if that's something that's happening to you. If it's something that has happened to you in the past, also, please feel free to Talk to somebody about it to try to get help because abuse and trauma can change your brain structure and function, which makes you um, less happy, more prone to depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And that's not helpful. Yeah. 
And there are ways to reverse some of that and to retrain your brain and your emotions. So, uh, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We, we hope that these resources are helpful to you and this information is helpful to you. Looking at the statistics, you know someone going through these things. So be aware, be empathetic, be compassionate. Um, and remember that we are here. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach us at steppingforwardpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle there is at Step Forward Show. And on Facebook, we have a page and a group, and they're both called Stepping Forward Podcast. So we look forward to hearing from more of you. Yep. And in the meantime, keep on stepping. All right. So we just talked about abuse, and it's a very heavy subject. It can be really um, depressing for lots of people. And like we talked about in our last episode with the double slit experiment, the things that we think about and the things that we do impact how we are. And while Rachel and I were talking, we decided we didn't want to leave you guys on that note. (laughs) We didn't want to leave you feeling down. Um, It is something you need to know about, but we don't want to make you feel like, hey, this was really heavy. And then I have to think about this all week. So we have an activity for you to do to help kind of shake off that vibe a little bit so that you can feel more calm and peaceful and relaxed throughout your day. So Here's the first part of the activity. If you are driving, don't do this very first thing I say, but you can do the rest of it. (laughs) Um, Close your eyes and take a deep breath in and imagine breathing in relaxation, calm, happiness, peace. And then when you're ready, take or breathe it all out. Breathe out the stress, breathe out the tension, breathe out the heaviness of the things that we've been talking about. When you're ready to, you can open your eyes, and if you need a little bit more than that, just kind of stand up, shake your arms and your legs out, maybe your head if it doesn't hurt you, and just imagine all of the heaviness flying off of you and being um, going out somewhere that you don't have to deal with that anymore. Right. You can send that energy back to the earth and the sunlight to be recycled. Exactly. I love that, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so hopefully that helps a little bit. It helped us when we were discussing what to do after we finished um, that last segment. Absolutely. We love you guys and we want you to have happy, wonderful days today and all week. No